like success overall is the ability to master your own self because once you can do that then you can find success and almost in, in every area that you want to find it in you know like sometimes you know you're uh you know mastering the area um is um uh, mastering yourself is is mastering patience you know sometimes it's mastering humility sometimes it's, it's you know uh, you know having power over your own ego and your own your own mouth you know um success is namely that you know because um i like to take it to an individual level because the, as you master yourself it always goes back out to a community level like then you be, then you're able to be a better man for your wife you'll be able to be a better uh father for your kids uh you know a better you know colleague on the job or a better business person Welcome to the Mindful Podcast, the podcast where mindfulness and leadership intersect. My name is Sean Moore, and I help people cultivate their energy, whether that's through this podcast platform, design and branding services, direct energy work, or workshop and presentation facilitation. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Louis T. McLean II. Louis is a resident of Arlington, Texas, and holds a BS in criminal justice from Pensacola Christian College. It was in Pensacola where Louis first discovered his passion in life coaching troubled youth. While volunteering with the Florida Department of Juvenile Justice, Louis took an initiative to make tutoring a court-ordered sanction and found success with juvenile court judges and probation officers alike. Louis went on to establish Humane Resources Incorporated, a 501c3 organization with a mission to assist formerly incarcerated with job placement a couple years later. Shortly after, Project Liberia Smile was formed, which gave college-age students the opportunity to attend universities in Liberia, West Africa. Louis is intrigued by the resilience and tenacity of African-American leaders who stand by truth, justice, and overcoming any obstacles placed in their way. Thus, he decided to create Melanin Origins LLC, a Black-owned global publishing service, creating books for kids to share messages of lesser-known African-American pioneers to the children of the world and empower them to aspire for excellence and chase their dreams regardless of any complications they may face. Furthermore, Louis is a proud father of two beautiful children named Serenity and Noah. All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Mindful Rebel Podcast. I have the pleasure of chatting with Louis McLean today. Um, I'm excited for this conversation, um, doing a little digging into your work that you do with Melanin Origins. I'm excited to chat with you. So, yeah, how you doing today? I'm doing great, brother. I appreciate you for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, man, of course. <laughs> of course. And, you know, this is the best foundation for a conversation is just to start with your, your background um, and talk to me a little bit about the journey that you've been on that's brought you to where you are now with your, you know, global publishing service, Melanin Origins. Okay. All right. So it's been, it's been an interesting journey um, to say the least, but um, I'll say uh, the, the thought, the, the concept of Melanin Origins came, it started brewing up within me around the time whenever Barack Obama was um, elected president. Um, not necessarily like the concept of creating my company, but just everything that led up to its creation. Uh, for instance, um, I was very excited that there was an African-American president. Of course, he, he like represents the best among us all. Um, he spoke very well. However, um, uh, that's whenever a bunch of closet racists began, began coming out of the closet. 
And so it was it was kind of hurtful uh, to me, and I'm sure a lot of African Americans to continuously hear um, the the president, who you know our first black president, being uh, you know um, hurled with racist slurs and talked down on. There was nothing that he could do that was right. And then eventually in uh, 2012, um, the death of Trayvon Martin happened, and then Mike Brown, and then Freddie Gray, and then it just kept going on and on and on and on. And um, it, it seemed that the direction that the company was going in, um, we, we got set back, you know, some three, four hundred years um, with all the things that was that was happening. Um, and so that led to like, so this is part of my story. So in my world, that led to the uh, emergence of people like uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins and Dr. Umar Johnson, who at this time, let's say like 2000, 2013, 2014, um, these, to me, they began, they began to become some of the leaders within the black community that we haven't seen in such a long time. Uh, for instance, Dr. Boyce uh, Watkins, he was talking about, he would bring up um, uh, black, black Wall Street and uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he would bring about um, the the, the need and the importance for black people to own their own businesses, um, to, for us to create gener generational wealth for our, 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 our families. And so he would hone in on that again and again and again, and I would pay attention um, to him on that. And Dr. Boyce, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, you know, he's more into Pan-Africanism. So what's done for black people must be done by black people. And, um, you know, teaching about Marcus Garvey, Booker T. Washington, and it was it was it was through listening to these two gentlemen, um, and especially Dr. Boyce Watkins, where I even I'm sorry, especially Dr. Umar Johnson, where I even realized that Booker T. Washington um, actually built the bricks himself. Him and his students at the school they built the bricks themselves, and they also um, built the actual buildings at Tuskegee University now. Um, they, they built most of those those um, those buildings. So I began to learn more about um, our historical leaders and all their great contributions um, to uh, to to society at large. And so um, I started realizing that people like Booker T. Washington and um, Du Bois and uh, Marcus Garvey, that like even a hundred years ago, they had they had different theories about the best way to move forward as black Americans. And with all the toil that we were in right now, uh, you know, uh, you know, with the racism and all the crazy stuff that's happening, I, I thought to myself, I was like, man, okay, this is interesting. These gentlemen had like great theories of ways to move forward. And they were like the thought leaders for the black community back then. However, they still were bumping heads. Like they still were bumping heads. And not even like everybody didn't even subscribe to to their theories, but you know they were they were bumping heads, and so that just made me think. So I, I have two kids. Um, at the time, they were one and two, but I said to myself, I said I can't I can't wait till they're old enough, so that um, I can tell them about Booker T, so I can tell them about the boys, and we can talk about their theories, and then we can you know have discussions and we can even debate about it, and then you know I can you know we, we just flip it around. I'll argue the negative, and they can argue the affirmative so on and so forth and uh it's a, it's a long story but that like honestly that's how the whole thought process came up i said 
well, why can't I do this for my kids now? You know, like, why can't I um, tell these stories to them now? So I started looking out um, in libraries and on, on the web for, for stories um, about our historical leaders for kids that are that young, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Like, I, I, I really found that uh, most of the stories were geared for kids in second grade and above. I found that most of the stories began with slavery. Most of the stories began with civil rights. And in my opinion, um, you, you're talking about black history. You're talking about introducing young black kids to their leaders, to historical people who did great things. And the very first thing that you show them is slavery plastered on the cover. The very first thing you show them is that they were in an inferior state, you know, whereby right now they're probably in a school where it's, there's a lot of black kids and it's low funded or they're in a school where, you know, it's pretty diverse and they're like, you know, one of the only few there. So there was so much inequity in the literature that we've seen. So we decided to create it ourselves. Mm. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, cause I'm just shaking my head. Like it's great to, to kind of, catch them and kind of give them that message at such an early on, but even providing, providing the fuller context to like our story that it didn't start at these points, but there was a, a lot of rich history prior to what we often see um, publicized or talked about so frequently. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I'm trying, I'm pulling up cause I had a few notes from your, from your website. Um, and one of the things I saw that was like that the focus is really like combating the concept of black inferiority in society um, through telling the story of positive, famous African-American stories. Um, how did you continue to build on that? Or like, you know, what was your way of thinking in terms of like, I want to take these messages, but cater them to, you know, children's stories. So like, how did you or what was your approach to the messaging? in bringing those into, you know, the context for children. Because um, I know you mentioned that, you know, you, you might have saw some content for them, but it was maybe for two-year-old and up, um, or second grade and up. But how did you kind of bring that content in a way that made sense for, um, you know, younger kids? Yeah, thank you, thank you. And you know what, um, <laughs> the interesting thing about it is that once I began to get on, you know, started getting on the task, I realized, I was like, okay, I can see I really can see why um, people, I can see why the literature was not out there because it is pretty hard to do. You know, it's hard to tell the story about Ida B. Wells, who she's, she's known for a lot of things, right? But like, namely, she's mainly known for her anti-lynching campaigns that she went on. Like, she was a very fierce, outspoken woman. You know, like she, she you know, she was her, editor of a newspaper she ran her own newspaper she was a major news correspondent even abroad you know like so she did all of these great outstanding things but what was the message behind it and the message was that <laughs> she was going on anti-lynching campaigns so and of course booker t washington he came up from you know he was born in slavery like every one of these individuals they, they have this this story that's associated with struggle so how do you um divorce the struggle um, and present the leader to a, a kid. You just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just do it. So a kid who's three years old, right? Let's think about a white kid, uh, a, a, a white child who's, who's three years old, right? He's not going to get inundated with 
the the racist and the bigoted stories of Thomas Jefferson or Booker T or or, uh, or George Washington, he's not going to get inundated with those stories. How are they teaching those children? They're just telling them mere facts, and they're they're almost speaking to them and like to, to these kids in, in like a timeline type figure. He was born on this year. He became president on this year. He married so-and-so. He died on that year, right? And so we can do some of the same things when it comes to our leaders and our kids. We don't have to get all deep and and intertwined into this whole story, this whole thing of, oh, there must be um, a huge conflict. There must be like a, 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 a we shall overcome theme to this whole thing. Like, no. Booker T. Washington, right, did all kinds of outstanding things. And we can, like, we can highlight, like, 10 great things that he did and put it in a storyline and present this to kids so that they can know that they can do great things. They can know that, that um, there's a leader who stood for people who look like us, you know what I mean, and achieved great things in very hard times. And then as the years progress, um, they'll come to remember the name Booker T. Washington. They'll become to to re re remember the name Madam C.J. Walker. And as they get older, they'll have more literature that reinforces their knowledge and brings even more perspective into who these people were. And so we're just gearing our kids in the right way. You know, we're we're, we're setting them up so they can know who they are. Like the main thing that I like about our, our first series and our first series is, <clears throat> excuse me is based on um you know black history figures but um I, I i included garvey um booker t washington and the boys in there because uh and of course you know some of the great the greatest uh female leaders too but um i included those three uh because in my opinion they had like the best um the best blueprint for us to move forward and so kids already at the age of four or five years old, they'll be looking out for those kinds of names and receive more information as the years progress so they can be, you know, strategic and critical thinkers. And you mentioned, you mentioned Booker T. Uh, Washington a few times and, and uh, on your website, you know, I saw the quote, which I love the quote, you know, excellence is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. It's one of my um, quotes that I, I, I like to share pretty frequently uh why do you like that quote and maybe what is it what does it mean to you or how does it resonate with kind of like the work that you do yeah booker t washington like and like he's i'm gonna say his name like he, he was our first book um out of all the three leaders i appreciate him the most um even though i love the theories of them all they all can work in a harmony but uh, it's to do a common thing in an, in an uncommon way. You know, there's, there's a thing that, uh, you know, there's nothing new un under the sun. Well, okay, right. So, so what are we doing? You know, we're going to eat, drink, be merry, go home and not do anything, right? No, we're here to thrive. We're here to be excellent. We're here to innovate. And Booker T. Washington's message was very important. You know, like he was born in slavery and then, um, then he was, you know, freed by the Emancipation Proclamation. And his whole message was to same people who were born in slavery and came through the, and, and were free through the Emancipation Proclamation. It was to come 
up from slavery and to show you know um, his people ways of being excellent and that's how I feel about melanin origins okay because um, you know, excuse me <clears throat> black history is seen one way right now and it's even scoffed at you know by certain crowds and certain groups of, of people okay whatever what we're doing is we're moving from black history and we're talking about melanin origins, which is a similar concept, but it's totally different, right? We're adding our own flair of excellence into it. Just like what you're seeing in that um, black history um, in, in that black in inferiority video, you know, um, look what, okay, if you think about a picture of Sojourner Truth or Harriet Tubman, or even Frederick Douglass, I mean, you're not going to see them like smiling, you know, it's going to be a black and white picture, you know, it's like they're pretty upset or sad on it, you can tell, but those are the images that's being presented, those are the images that's being presented to four, five, six-year-old kids, right, hey, black history, now we're going to talk about these black and white faces right here who look upset. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not talking down because they had every right, you know what I mean, to not smile back then, right? Like, they, they had every right, like, based on things that they were going through. But in today, the visualization, we're giving this information to our, our, our kids. Melanin Origins, we take our leaders and we transform them into children. So I like the fact that we have all of our leaders, like, <laughs> turn into, like, little five to seven-year-old kids you know, so, so they can be relatable to children and then just telling their story. And so that's exactly what it is. Excellence is, um, you know, to the, <laughs> well, you might have to, to say that again, is to do a, a, a common thing in an uncommon way, you know, and um, it's pretty much how can we take what exists today? How can we build upon it? How can we make it better? And how can we in turn make all of our lives better and, and you know how can everyone benefit from this one thing i'd like to ask and and I, I i love that perspective because i think when we when we talk about like entrepreneurship or business you know that's what it what it really is that you know like you said you know i, I like that 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 thought process that you know there is nothing really new under the sun it's just like how are you going to what perspective or what approach are you going to take on on these kind of like regular ideas like how are you going to freshen it up or give it a facelift one thing i like to ask folks especially you know for the work that you do you know because you're looking at it from two different perspectives like you know as a publisher creating these books you know there's a creative aspect and there's also an entrepreneurial aspect i'd like to ask you this question in two parts like what advice would you have for you know up and coming creative you know for their work or, you know, something that, that may be beneficial for them. And, you know, in that same vein, what type of advice would you have um, from an entrepreneurial perspective for somebody coming up, um, you know, in, in with the work they're doing? All right, so you said uh, the first one would be some advice for a creative and then another mm -hmm. one for the, uh, the entrepreneurial side? Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> okay, see, so me, like, at, at at my core, I'm a creative, and you know, I really, I really appreciate you for that, for that question, because Kanye West used to always say, yeah, like he's a creative, and I'm like, I'm, I'll, do I want to stay away from that term or not? Like, because <laughs> Kanye used to be my boy, but maybe he still is. I don't know. But uh, 
but um, I'm a creative at heart. Like I've learned that like I can conceptualize, I can really think, I can like pin, like write down the whole plan. I create a whole blueprint. Like I have my my business plans like behind me. Like um, I would say this, especially for for the creative. I would say this that you have that idea for a reason, right? And that idea that you have, if you can find a niche, right? Your niche might be in a certain geographic location. Your niche might be in a way, just a way that you do your thing differently that no one does either in that location or no one does ever or period, right? If you have an idea about anything, then that thing can come to fruition and it can yield you benefits okay it can yield you benefits like it can make you rich it can bring you fame it can um do all kinds of great things so i would say as a creative i would say to continue to hone in on your craft continue to move forward with the idea that you have because man there are so many people in the world and there are there's so many ways to um to get to to monetize your ideas okay so that's what I know as a creative. All right, this whole company started because I had an idea and I've had plenty of ideas in the past, right? Haven't had people to like work alongside with me. Okay, so I would say also, well, okay. So, so, so first one as a creative is to continue to move forward with your idea, write it down, bust out all of the possible like create a blueprint for how this is going to move forward, right? That's what we specialize with the company. Like the publishing side, we, we actually, um, like we'll do the technical publishing work, copyright, library, Congress, all that stuff, get you a physical book in, in your hand. But the main thing that we focus on is our marketing coaching, about how you're going to take your product and put it in front of, successfully get it in front of your target audience. And that's what we do with ideas period. So you can move forward. Um, I encourage you to move forward. All right. As in on the entrepreneurial side, I definitely encourage you to read books like Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> I definitely encourage you to incorporate, you know, the ide ideologies in books like Think and Grow Rich, like uh, have a team, have a mastermind team, have successful individuals that you frequently come around, whether they're dedicated specifically to what you're working on, which would be very good if, if, if you can uh, get that. Um, but if you can't get that immediately, at least just have a group of successful friends around you who you aspire to be like and who talk about similar things in different circles. Like one of my mentors is in construction, right? Man, this guy broke, you know, million dollars on his first year in business. Now he's like getting like, you know, does like scores of millions of dollars like like each each year like we're that's kind of apples and oranges but the accounting he connected me with his accountant but now he has uh, a, a pr team i'm going to get connected with that and so so on so forth so you're a creative you have a great idea there is a market for your idea you can monetize it get the fame get the notoriety whatever it is that you're asking for you can get that right but on the entrepreneurial side, definitely have a team. Um, if it's not specifically to what you're working on right now, then it really doesn't matter. You know, find successful individuals, you know what I mean, who are willing to pour into you, whether you got to seek them out by going to network, look into your urban leagues, 
the NAACP's um, different, um, you know, Chamber of Commerce, um, Young Professional, Mixers, get out there and network and find these people because you're going to find that, <laughs> like, I'm a regular person. You're going to find a lot of regular people just like you with great, brilliant ideas, and y'all just need to bond with each other, and then magic happens. And so you touched on a really dope point that, you know, I haven't, I haven't had that conversation with someone yet around that. And that's thinking about like someone that is successful in a different way than you are, but still finding the transferable skills from them. Like the fact that like one of your mentors is in construction, which has absolutely nothing to do with publishing, nothing to do with your focus at the moment, but you are still able to seek um, the value in the proximity to him and the work that he does. How did, you know, was that something you were always open to or like was there something that triggered you to really value folks that didn't look like they were in the same spaces that you were in? Man, so, so I, I don't know about everybody else, but I know that I've always, I don't know. I, it, it might be something about a man who, who, who hasn't, had a father figure in his life. I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I've always been looking out to um, people who that I wanted to emulate in like certain kinds of ways. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I remember whenever I was in college and um, <clears throat> I, I'm a criminal justice major. So I worked in juvenile justice for seven years. And uh, I knew like the first step that I needed to do was to be in a, uh, you know, work on security. And there was a guy named Delano. He was from the Bahamas. And he always dressed like, he always dressed like really nice. He was just, he was so smooth and clean cut. And so <laughs> I started looking up to him. I started trying to emulate the way how, how, how he dresses. I started talking to him about like getting tips on how, how to get in. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say like, I've, I think I've always had something in me that was like seeking for, um, you know, how I can step my game up, how I can level up when I see successful people who I think are successful. I always want to know how are they, you know, good at what they're doing. Um, specifically with my, my mentor, um, his name is Jeff Postel. Um, a few years ago when I had started uh, uh, Melanin Origins, I got involved with this young professional organization called Bridge Fort Worth. And so, um, Jeff was the um, vice president of membership then. And so just like it was with Delano, I started seeing some great qualities in him, started hearing about his company, started learning from, from him. And, and just from like having regular conversations, I started seeing that he was, he was moving forward and he was moving faster, you know, by, by um, taking certain business precautions or implementing certain things in business that I wasn't doing or thinking about because I'm just a pure creative. Like I'm just doing these things, you know, I'm creating these products and now they're out on the market. I'm talking about it and now people are buying it. How can I propel that? And so, and so really like me to, to sorry, answer the question. It's like, I think I've always had something within me, but who knows, maybe that can be in more people that, that are out there. I, I would just encourage you, you know, to, um, to just be open because I was, it, it just amazed me how open Jeff was and how open everybody was whenever I, when I approached them genuinely about what I have going on and asked them questions about what they have, have, have going on. Like most people are 
want to see you succeed like most people do like especially as you're going along this this path of, of a success and when a man really wants to do something the whole universe conspires to help him achieve it <laughs> hey, that's a word right there that's a word right there i think that's a good segue into you know talking about or discussing some of these you know topics or terms and so you know based off of your experience and the work that you do you know how do you define leadership and maybe what does that look like for you Leadership is definitely taking initiative, man. <clears throat> it's definitely taking initiative. You know, it's not always about just being the first one to do this or to do that. But I mean, I think the first part is taking initiative. Um, but then after you take initiative, like you definitely have to have the heart of a leader. And um, from what I'm learning about frequencies and vibrations is that, um, you know, you have to care for the people that are under you. You have to operate with the spirit of humility and meekness. You know what I mean? Uh, he, I mean, the Bible says, like, the Son of Man came not to came not to be served, but to serve. You know what I mean? You have to have a, a servant's heart. I love what we're doing with Melanin Origins because it has an it has the potential to reach so many kids, has the potential to touch so many lives. And um, I always have to ensure that I'm carrying and conducting myself right, that I'm speaking the way how I need to be speaking and that I'm, uh, you know, just giving off, you know, the best form of energy because, because that says a lot about who I am. It says a lot about the products that we put out as a company. It says a lot about the company, period, you know. And so, and so um, I think leadership is is very important, and people take it take it for granted. I think that we all are leaders. I think we all are we all are leaders. And learning what 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 I've been learning, because we all lead in some kind of way. Like we all have um, a flock of people, whether that's social media, whether that's our family, or people who just look at us at work and don't say much. We all have people who look to us for something some type of guidance, or they hold us at, at some level of esteem. And as our voice gets louder, and as we gain more clout, we become like true thought leaders, like true thought leaders. And so we just always have to be mindful of the energy that we're putting out is very important. It begins with taking initiative, but it also is about the way how you conduct yourself and care for the people that's, that's under your flock. Oh. And that's a good transition into mindfulness. Like, how do you define mindfulness and, and then maybe its importance? <sighs> mindfulness, to me, mindfulness is doing your best to stay in the present. <laughs> it's doing your best to be in the present. And people who don't get that concept, because sometimes you could be in the present and you could still, like, literally be feeling pain, you know, like, physical pain or, you know, you think that you, you're in the present and you're, you know, you're feeling like emotional or psychological pain, but like, it's just learning, learning more about the way how the brain operates, about how it makes mental movies, about like thinking about the past. Like when you think about the past, you're actually visualizing it and you're like reliving those thoughts and you're re reliving those emotions and and doing that actually brings on like uh, a physical reaction to your body 
like even um, thinking about um, when you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about where you want to be and where you want to go and dang, it's getting close and uh, dang, I'm, I'm not where I thought I, I would be. You start feeling like you let yourself down or you start getting, you know, feeling like anxious and dealing with you know, like depression and stuff like that. And so being in the present, being in the present is the best place where we can be having thoughts of gratitude. You know, the Bible says in all things, Give thanks for this is the will of God concerning your life. You know, like I, I'm not the most religious person and uh, like I don't, you know, I'm not trying to preach to a anyone, but <clears throat> I believe that, you know, it's, 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 Bible says it's God's will for us to be happy, you know, for us to give thanks actually, you know, and, and all things, you know, whatsoever things be good, pure, you know, of good report, like think on these things. So we're admonished like time and time and time again, you know, and so being being mindful is like coming coming back to that point right there, and it's not always an easy thing to do on a conscious level because there's a lot of subconscious things or unconscious things playing there, and so meditation helps. You know, um, meditation helps me. Like whenever I work out, you know, I'll end it off with like a 10 minute meditation session. Um, working out helps, channeling out that energy. Um, you know, eating good helps, but I don't always eat as the best that I can. <laughs> I've gone <laughs> week a week, and I did the Daniel fast. That was the worst thing I've ever done. That was so tough. The, the Daniel fast, oh, my God, it was extreme. But, um, but yeah, man, mindfulness begins with living in the present and also, like, knowing and understanding who you are and who we are on this earth, you know, like, we can take it to a religious level and we can talk about how God breathed into man and man became a living soul. We can take it to a scientific level and say about how the only thing that, that exists on this earth is um, energy and, um, and uh, matter. You know what I mean? Like that energy, that spirit that, that is within us, like man, can be created or destroyed. It just is. And it can make us be great and we can attract the things that we want to ourselves. So knowing who we are and the abilities that we have and doing our best to live in the present and following these admonitions, man, because to me, those are best practices, you know, best practices for living our best lives and thriving and attracting to ourselves the things that we want. So sometimes it's like a mouthful and sometimes it's a lot of work, <laughs> but you know, it's life. It's worth it though. It's worth it. That's a good it segue is, into, uh, into it. asking what, you know, for you, how do you, how do you define success now based on the type of work that you do based off of where you are in your life? What does success look like now? Man. <laughs> Man, you know what? Success is really the ability to master oneself to me. Like, where I am now is the ability to master one's self. You know what I mean? Like, I think we all are our own, like, worst critic, you know, uh, because we all know the areas that we fail in individually, even though we continue to, you know, strive to be better. But people are online, you know, hailing me about Melody and Origins, and I'm glad about that. I have my, my job. I just got promoted in that. You know what I mean? Um, 
But like success overall is the ability to master your own self because once you can do that, then you can find success in almost in, in every area that you want to find it in. You know, like sometimes, you know, you're, uh, you know, mastering the area um, is uh, mastering yourself is, is mastering patience. You know, sometimes it's mastering humility. Sometimes it's, it's you know, uh, you know, having power over your own ego and your own, your own mouth. You know, um, success is namely that, you know, because um, I like to take it to an in individual level because the, as you master yourself, it always goes back out to a community level. Like then you be, then you're able to be a better man for your wife. You'd be able to be a better uh, father for your kids, uh, you know, a better, you know, colleague on the job or a better business person, you know? And so to me, success has not always been um, measured by how much money you make because um, I'm glad, you know, I'm in the house of my dreams. You know, I'm in my master bedroom right now. You know what I mean? You see, we got <laughs> we do business in here, man. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm happy. You know, so it's about mastering yourself and being able to be at a level of contentment and a level, a level of satisfaction. Because at any time, all this stuff can get can get taken away. Like we just happen to be born here in America. We could be born in the Amazon jungle, and then how we. Uh, define success you know what I'm saying so you know it's just being cognizant of that that's that's just me personally hmm. with that you know throughout our conversation I think you've, you've spoken on a, on a few resources but I always like to share or or have my my guest share like a resource that may have been influential in your own like personal growth and development you know it could be book movie podcast TED talk anything um something that you'd like to share with the listeners that's been really influential you know, as you continue to progress and grow. Okay, for sure. All right, for sure. So um, definitely, if you have not read The Alchemist, please go pick that book up and read The Alchemist like ASAP, like as soon as you can. You, that's a book that you need to read. All right, because I'm telling you, it's built. It has so many. Like I can pick up a Bible and read the stuff and start preaching. I can pick up The Alchemist and read stuff and start like preaching messages to you guys. The Alchemist is like the best book like ever. I'm telling you, you have to read that book. It's going to help to change your life around and help, you know, you can pass it on to someone else who might need it too. Um, Up From Slavery, you have to read Up From Slavery. Like um, I, I, would say, I said earlier about how I started feeling with, you know, Barack Obama, you know, how people were tearing him down. And then like all the police killings, like that really was doing something to me internally. Like all of my, um, all of my uh, professors were ex-police officers and like 80% of my classmates went on to be police officers. And the majority of them are Caucasian. And like all of them were like going in whenever, you know, Trayvon Martin was, was getting killed and uh, got, got got killed and all these other police killings like this. It's like they turned their back on me. I became very upset, like most black Americans. And um, going back and doing the work, work to read Booker T's book, all right, at a time that was probably more volatile than the times that we're in right now, right? Like pretty sure it was. Like reading his book helped to change my whole mindset and 
like I was able to level set and get back to focusing on hard work, focusing on community. Because even through all that, Booker T uh, was able to uh, um, accomplish for black people, he was able to get white philanthropic dollars to get that done. Okay, so so my main two books are The Alchemist and Up From Slavery. And then I definitely encourage you, you know, Les Brown uh, is, is, is what's up. But Tony Robbins, he's my favorite podcast guy. Like he's my favorite guy. You change his story, you change his strategy, you change his state, you change your life. But yeah. I love Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah. All of these are, are really good ones. Like I'm, I'm sitting here like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make sure that these are posted um, in the podcast description for so folks can uh, check these resources out because I think they're all all pretty dope. Especially that alchemist. It's funny because I, I see that a common theme with. I feel bad. What episode was this? This is probably episode like seventy six, I believe seventy six, seventy seven. <laughs> the alchemist has come uh, come up so frequently as I talk to my podcast guests. I want to say it's probably the most frequent. Between the Alchemist and the Four Agreements, those are probably the two books that I think have come up the most frequently in talking to guests about books that have been really like impactful uh, to them in some sort of capacity. So I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate it. Well, the, the the Four Agreements is hot too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a constant reread for me. That's a constant reread. Um. So as we wrap up, like the, the question that I like to kind of bookmark the or, or cap off the conversation with is, you know, as you reflect on the work that you're doing and think about, you know, what your next steps are, you know, how do you envision your legacy or, you know, what does that look like for you? Um, yeah. Hmm. Very great question. Well, I envision a beautiful, glorious legacy. <laughs> I envision Melanin Origins as the largest culturally competent um, book provider in the United States of America, and for that part, for the world too, because we are going to grow in several ways. Like, um, first off, we have our Black History series. We have curriculum created for our Black History series, all right? Then we're also going to grow, we're going to expand into different cultures. So we're going to have a, we're going to have a Latin series, we're going to have an Asian series, we're going to have an African series. Okay, so for different kids to see their own reflection represented in literature and to have their stories told right, right? Okay, and then we're also going to, um, so right now we started on, on, on a level that's pretty much um, from pre-birth up until six years of age. So, you know, for the early readers, you're reading to, you know, uh, why, the woman is reading to the baby while it's in her stomach, and then up until the time whenever uh, the kid is able to actually, you know, read himself. All right, but then we're going to go to, you know, the middle grade level, then we're going to go to the teen level, and then to um, young adult books with these same stories, you know what I mean, just more content, you know, for their vocabulary, either that's appropriate for their, for their age range. And so we plan on growing in that way, okay, we are going to knock companies like Scholastic out the park. Um, we're just going to be known as that vehicle for culturally competent literature. And um, that's, that's how I, I see us growing. Um, yeah. 
that's dope, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the work that you're doing. Um, and I always want to say again, like, as, as we like, thank you for taking the time. I really enjoyed this conversation this morning. Um, so thank you for taking the time out of your day to chat with me, um, and provide some, uh, some dopeness for the listeners. I appreciate it. Um, what I want to say is what's the best way for my listeners to connect with you and the work that you do, um, what's your website, social media handles, um, share that information so that they can, uh, do the good old click and connect. Yes, sir. Okay, so for sure, it's melaninorigins.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-N-O-R-I-G-I-N-S. So it's melaninorigins.com. You can see us there. We have buy one, get one. We have book bundles for discounted. We have our 10 book bundle for over 25% discounted. Um, we have publishing. You know, we publish you if you have a book idea, melaninorigins.com. Then it's um, Melanin Origins. So we're just at Melanin Origins specifically on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So you can just add Melanin Origins and you can see all the great things that we're putting out and all the kids that's buying our books and taking pictures with it. So, you know, uh, if you would like to become a brand ambassador, we have commissions for you, okay? <laughs> if you're down with Steve Harvey mentorship program or anything like that, let's work out a deal so where we all can benefit. The kids can get the books and, you know, you can get something too. So um, it's melaninorigins.com. Perfect. Please connect with his brother and the work that he is doing. Um, listen, Louis, thank you. Thank you for taking the time this morning. Man, I appreciate you and all the, all the representation that, that, that you do, man. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mindful Rebel Podcast. For more podcast episodes with some really dope guests, you can go to my website, seanjmore.com slash podcast. That's seanjmore.com slash podcast. You can also check out past episodes on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Anchor FM. To check out more ways how I help people cultivate their energy, like the podcast, like my design and branding services, direct energy work, or workshop and presentation facilitation, please go to my website, that's seanjmore.com. Again, that's seanjmore.com, and you can learn a little bit more about the services that I offer and the work that I like to do with folks. Thanks again.